There was this one night I was outside of a club in Manhattan and you know this kid rolls up with two girls on his arms like you know feeling himself I don't know if he's an influence I don't know what the fuck he is right and he starts screaming at the promoter yo that's Al Patron you gotta let him in man that's the OG you know how many books he be writing and selling and shit bro yo OG you with me you with me so I, I calmly like walk over to the promoter and I gave him a hug and I apologize for this kid's behavior because little did he know, I've known this promoter for over 15 years and like me and him are really, really cool. And like, I didn't even say anything to the kid. I just kind of like looked at him and like walked away because that performance wasn't about his passion for me and his passion for the OGs, which how could I be your OG? I only met you twice. But like, he did that just to prop himself up and to score points of, you know, hooking me up and like, that was one of the moments that I decided I had to walk away from the mix or, you know, the culture, whatever people want to call it these days. And I've kind of stayed away from it. But now I see that it needs me. It needs me more now than ever. Um, I need to teach a lot of the things that I've learned along the way. Um, this is Learn Life, episode one. It's called FUBU. You're going to decide whether it's for us, by us, or is it for you, by you. Let's get it started. Let's get it started in here. I love all black people, uh, except for Will I Am, because I fucking hate how he spells his name. Like, your name is William, nigga. The fuck? Uh, the other black people I don't like, actually, is the niggas that wear um, the wedge sandals and they be having no socks on. Like, yo, this is Home Depot, my nigga. Like, put some socks on. Like, put some hard bottom something sturdy on the bottom of your shit you know what I mean that shit pisses me off too and it's not about like some e-feminization like some word that you niggas just learned about last week because you googled it and some girl that you want to impress knows it like nah I'm talking about like if the race war goes down in Home Depot tonight I want to be able to trust that you can plant and punch and I just don't see how a nigga in like you know chancletas can do that and then what you niggas are gonna do or tell me oh well Black Panther and that's the other group of black people I don't. Black Panther wasn't a real person, that's fake. White people own Black Panther, so you know. Um, and just the way all you niggas acted like you guys wanted to move to Wakanda, like, yo, how come you niggas haven't left yet? I swear, and if any of you niggas ever come up to me talking about Wakanda forever, you, we're gonna send you to Wakanda forever, right? Because the way y'all treat black art is just so ridiculous, like I wonder, in 88, did everybody act like that with coming to America in Zamunda, right? There's only one Zamunda I, you know, respect, and that's Duke. What's up, Duke? But other than that, not so much, you know? You niggas really act weird about black art. I understand the pride that we have in things that are successful. I understand that, you know, black writers and actual creatives are charged with, you know, telling our story and you want us to represent you all well. I completely understand that. So the art itself, that's always gonna be on the table. I get that. But when you guys start like doing these deep dives into why this person did this or why that didn't happen, and like perfect example, Queen and Slim, that's something recent. And everybody started acting so fucking weird with this woman that created, I don't wanna pronounce her uh, last name incorrectly. Uh, her name is Lena. I don't want to pronounce her last name incorrectly. I'm sorry about that. But everybody started acting so fucking weird 
about her and start to go, well, you know, when she was in college, in high school, then one day, you know, somebody spilled the milk on, like, first of all, how do you even know all of this? And then it, it starts, like, making my mind go, and I really start to realize that the reason that all these celebrities and such, the reason that they all perform is because everybody's constantly judging them. Everything about them and their lives, like you guys just throw like these blanket, you know, moral compasses over everything and pretend that people aren't gonna freeze up and be scared to get canceled. Like, and then it starts to make me think, where does the succession line and canceling end? Like, if I like Kanye's music and I'm gonna listen to his album, do I get like now I have to be scared of you judging what I listen to in my <laughs> my private life? Or okay, perfect example. Say if like I do Kanye's shirts and at the dry cleaners, am I canceled for still working with him? Like shit like that bugs me out. And it's like black people don't give black people a chance ever. Like, white people let a crackhead become Iron Man. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. was a fucking crackhead. And if Robert Downey Jr. was black, his name would be Bobby Brown. Or obvious. <laughs> you it don't may have not to be say discussed it. on television. Yeah. Put it like that. <laughs> white. <laughs> Celebrity does scare me for a few reasons. Because I've seen people that I respect uh, turn into characters. And worse than that, they've turned into caricatures of themselves. And like now, I just look at them like they're all clowns. Like, hey clown, I see you in your little clown suit. Or whatever Jocelyn said. Like, that, that's how I look at these people, you know what I'm saying? And I never want to become this unrecognizable thing to myself. I want to be able to look myself in the mirror at the end of the day, after whatever I created, and still see me. Right? Or at the very least, if I am changing, I'm changing for the better and I'm proud of what I see. Like, damn, you weren't this two years ago. Shit, you did good. And I didn't let the trappings of celebrity and clout and whatever, you know, fuck my head up. Because look, you can still get the bag. You can still get all the, you know, women, guys, whatever it is you're into. You can still have all of that without letting this thing eat at you. Because I see a bunch of people that are supposedly my peers, and I see them fiending and crawling to get into these spaces and these rooms and doing all these cutthroat and nasty things to get into it. And the entire time, I'm on my way walking out. So like, I used to have a fear of my peers passing me by. Little did I know they'd be passing me by in the wrong direction. They're all going into this room, I'm on my way out, and nobody kicked me out, I left. And it kind of scares me to like watch it from the outside now and seeing all this shit. And honestly, it made me zoom out of the matrix, so to speak. Like, the things that we talk about on a daily basis, especially like social media, it's as big and important as our phones are, right? <laughs> It's that big. When you zoom out and you look at the entire fucking world and you understand that the world is burning around us, the shit that we talk about all day, every day means absolutely motherfucking nothing. But if it does need to mean something, let it mean something in a way that progresses us. And I don't see progress. The only thing I see is, you know, a bunch of spokes on the wheel, which happens to be the name of my uh, eighth book. It's on sale now. 
Um, but seriously, like, I just hate how we treat each other just to, you know, participate in the rat race. And if you notice, they're moving the rat race to L.A. now, right? Everybody has to go to L.A. to, to go get to the bag. It's like, it's almost like a GTA game. It's like they're playing a game with us. Like, first it's Vice City, now it's San Andreas, and now it's like... Because what happens is that they make us hustle each other to go work with them instead of us hustling them to come work with each other, right? And I always look at it, it's always white people's fault. Like, please, like, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm mad at white people, right? Because they eat their whole white pie while coming to eat half of ours. So what's left for us to eat besides each other? And I look at some of the white voices in the culture, if you want to call it that, if we have to call it something, right? And they're like these, they try to pretend like they're this like foremost like voice. They ain't never going to be a white person that's the foremost voice on anything in my life, ever. The only thing that they can ever be like a voice of is meatloaf. And like we don't participate in that activity. But like seriously, like they come over here and they, they want to not understand that they're invited guests. Like you should be lucky to have your spot. And the only reason that you have your spot is because it looks better for sponsors when a white guy is sitting there, right? No matter who you are, who you think you are, what your history is, what your resume you think you got, it's because you're white and you, because you make the black guy sitting next to you or the black woman sitting next to you look better. That's the only reason you're here, right? Because think about it. If, say, like a Swedish person is in our culture and they're doing interviews and they're being like this voice or whatever, could I go be that for Swedish pop culture or whatever the Swedes have as culture? I could never go do that. And it, it makes me think, why are they here? They're here to be divisive. They're here to, they don't use their privilege, basically, right? And I would like to see them exude their privilege in a way that doesn't pander to us, right? Because white people, that's, they love doing that. Racism is bad. Look, there's some people arguing. I'm in Queens. This is, it's going to be messy. Um, what have you experienced? Well, I was just horrified. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still, I mean, it, yeah. it's hard to, it's, it's hard to put into words, really. I'm really upset with how we treated Kanye. Like, we treated him so bad that you guys have gotten empathy out of me for Kanye. And no, I don't agree with none of the shit he's been on lately. But he's done so much for us. You think I'm going to stop listening to College Dropout because he's a dickhead in 2020? You're absolutely at your fucking mind. And then I started to realize why you niggas are upset with Kanye. Because remind you, I used to be a photographer, so I know how you niggas used to dress. You used to wear the shutter shades. You used to wear the polo shirts, two of them. Kanye had you niggas dressing like assholes, and you guys are just pissed that he had you guys doing that. Because if you really listen to his music, he said all this shit that he's currently, right? Like, I would do anything for a blind dyke. He had Amber Rose, you didn't get mad at that. He said on Watch the Throne, which was 2011, he said he's gonna have a son, he's gonna make him be a Republican just so everybody knows that he loves white people. You, nobody got upset at that, nobody tried to cancel that. So I wonder where is this newfound rage, right? Where's all this, you know, passion for, oh, Kanye has to go? Because I see, 
The same thing from all these people that have podcasts and all these other talk shows that they have. They kind of do the same thing. It's just that, you know, the way that they're controlling their cult is through the power of podcasting or through the power of their panel or their talk show. You know what I'm saying? Like all that passion that they have for the creatives and the optics and all that stupid shit they be talking about. Like it's all bullshit. It's that they're just mad that Kanye hustles on a larger scale than they do. What you talking about? People's trying to sun me left and right. Strategize. I've been canceled. Right. I've been canceled before they had cancel culture. I was canceled before they had the term. Do you care about any of that? I do. I care about everything. Mm -hmm. This might not have anything to do with anything, but I don't like Tiger Woods either. I, I forgot to mention that earlier. Um, <laughs> Tiger Woods legit says, I don't want to be black. I'm not a nigga. Like, I can tell Tiger Woods says nigger with the ER. Easily. I know he does. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Fuck Tiger Woods. And the reason that he wears that red shirt is because he was MAGA this whole time. Y'all niggas just didn't give a fuck. Uh, I always wanted to say this. For shizzle. <laughs> I'm so inspired by Tyler Perry Studios. And I'm not even a Tyler Perry fan. Uh, specifically because of uh, Medea, which I'll get to at another time. But I want people to understand, you don't have to be a fan of a person to salute their accomplishment when their accomplishment is for the greater good of black people. And I understand capitalism is so bad and it's this wretched thing, but we've tried everything else. Maybe capitalism is the answer to getting even and surpassing so that we don't have to keep asking and asking. While everybody was fighting for a seat at the table, talking about Oscar so white, Oscar so white, I said, y'all go ahead and do that. But while you fighting for a seat at the table, I'll be down in Atlanta building my own because. I want to apologize to everybody that's uh, not passionate about something. I'm sorry that you guys don't love something so much that it frustrates you when it doesn't go right. Uh, I want to say it was Ari Lennox, I could be wrong, that was so frustrated about her Soul Train uh, omission. But then it's like everybody laughs at that. And that just goes to show what Dame Dash was saying and the things that Tyler Perry was doing. It's like we don't give our own shit prestige, right? It's kind of like how with rap, right? When Pusha T and Drake were going at it, everybody was just like, well, you know, Drake's an artist, and Pusha T's just a rapper. What the fuck does just a rapper mean? Rap is the highest form of art that we have on the planet. And it's so weird to me that we don't treat it as such, right? Like for example, rap does this for me, right? As I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about um, one of my favorite songs ever, Don't Sweat the Technique, right? So I think about that song and the first thing that I see is Ahmad Rashad on NBA Inside Stuff on a Saturday morning introducing Gary Payton saying, yeah, my main man, the glove, Gary Payton, Seattle, or some shit like that. And let's go to jam session, right? Then I start to think like, damn, Ahmad Rashad was married to Felicia Rashad. Yo, Ahmad Rashad asked her to marry her on air. Damn, Felicia Rashad was on The Cosby Show. I wonder how she feels about Bill Cosby. Yo, Bill Cosby used to really tell niggas to pull their pants up. Yo, you remember when Hove was like, what, Bill Cosby? He actually put that in the song. That's pretty fucking funny. Yo, you know what's really crazy? Hove used Bill Cosby's son 
dying on the side of the road in the dynasty intro. Wow, that's fucking crazy. All of that was derived off of my thought on don't sweat the technique because that's what rap does, art. It can take you from point A to point fucking Z and it goes and gives you all these different thoughts and feelings and emotions. Our art of rap is the most beautiful thing on the planet. It's the basis of which everybody else creates things. Just go look. I know for a fact, I'm telling you, I write based on how rappers rap on their albums. I try to write my books like an album. Each paragraph is a verse, uh, each chapter is a song, and obviously the book is the album. So let's like start giving our shit more prestige. And that brings me to this thought on how everybody treated Monique. So we're gonna be dismissive of our own shit. Miss Monique has a fucking Oscar, the golden thing that everybody swears is like the ticket to the world and everybody shitted on her. You know, the guys that are so passionate about the creatives. And you know, you gotta, you know, uh, uh, welcome to you. All them fucking guys. And the other one that, you know, he sits there with his, I'm, I'm black, y'all, I'm black, y'all, I'm bigoted black, and I'm black, y'all. He sits there with that t-shirt nonsense, and he's like, oh, look, my black shirt, I'm dope, I'm rooting for everybody that's black. Right, he sits there because he loves breakfast in the morning or whatever the fuck he thinks he's doing, right? But, the moment that this black woman with an Oscar in hand, nah, she doesn't deserve that. So if that makes me think of this, they don't actually hate Monique and this advice that they're giving her, or like Steve Harvey was giving her, we're in the money game, sister Monique. All these advice that these men are giving her. First of all, none of the men that gave her any advice are as accomplished as she is per you know, the Oscars being a thing, right? None of them have that. I did not see not one Oscar winner telling Monique, nah, you bugging sister. Not one of them said that. So who are these niggas? And it makes me think, who was on the phone with Netflix? Who's hosting a show on Netflix? So these niggas are either big haters or they're very, very, very cerebral and they're very cutthroat. Because what they saw was, you know what, that conversation with Netflix is coming down the line one day. I want to be on the right side of history with them. So when I go into that room, they know I wasn't standing there saying, fuck Netflix, we got to stand with Monique. Which should be the stance, by the way. Regardless if you think she doesn't deserve, because all of a sudden niggas became Netflix's fucking accountants, which is the wildest shit in the world. Everybody's an expert on everything now. Instead of just saying, get your money, sister Monique, that's it or say nothing. Niggas couldn't do that because they're cerebral and they knew that Netflix conversation was coming. So they tried to get her to humble herself. So next thing you know, a few months later, they're like, in that Netflix meeting, they're sitting there saying, yeah, remember that money that you didn't give Sister Monique? You could throw some of that my way. And now their shows are on Netflix or they're on meetings with Netflix on the phone pitching to that. But they love everything back. Everything is, oh, my queen and May King. And oh, look at my black shirt. I have a shirt that was made by a black person. Look, it says I'm black. Like, fuck y'all, man. And they, everybody always trying to get her to humble herself. Like, yo, she's done more for this thing than any of them. She was on the road doing her comedy. She was one of the queens of comedies. She won a fucking Oscar, the thing that everybody swears by. She has one. And everybody's telling her she needs to be humble. So let me tell you this on behalf of Sister Monique, if she will allow me to speak for her. The amount of humility that I have 
for anybody trying to humble me is this. It resides right there. It resides right there if you didn't see the other one. My humility is reserved for God, not man. The rest of you can go fuck yourselves because you guys disgust me to the core of my body, of how much you guys perform and pretend that it's this passionate thing for the culture while telling this black woman who's done more than any of you, actually all of you put together, and you're telling her to be humble and she needs to not, and you, what she needs, and you guys are giving her advice, then just to go around and end up having Netflix meetings your damn selves. You guys fucking disgust me. And let me say this, and I, I'll try to say this with love, but I say it because that's how I feel. I've never met so many cowards and our black men in show business. I'm wiping my mouth because I just finished throwing up because you niggas disgusted me. Um, but seriously, like, you know what makes me laugh? But not really laugh, but like when I go into Starbucks and I say good morning to somebody, a black person, a man or woman, and they give me like this attitude or like they scoff at me or they like grit, like they gotta be tough. But then like let a white person come in in the same store, same situation, and like, they're the friendliest person in the world to these white people. It's like, yo, why not give your brother and sister the same type of love and respect that you're giving this white person? And I figured it out. It's like, yo, you want this white person to know that you're a safe black, right? Because if you ever see how their voices change and the, the affliction in their voice goes up and they start code switching and doing all that shit, or like, you ever see a black person wave to a white person? Like, see, if I'm saying what's up to a, another nigga, I'm like, What's up? Well, we're going like that or, you know, what up? Giving them the fist. But you do this to a white person. This is a threat, like, <laughs> right? This is violence. You don't want to give them violence. So you kind of like spread your fingers out. Like the further you spread your fingers out, the safer that you are. Like, hey. What the fuck you think happened in there? I went in that room and whited that shit the fuck up. I don't want to be angry anymore. I want to coexist with everybody. Um, that's the reason I'm doing this show. Um, I feel like if I'm trying to get people to help me uh, market and advertise, you know, my creative uh, shit, <laughs> I don't want to call it shit, but it's the shit, not shit. Um, but if I want people to help me promote my interest, nobody's going to do that unless I promote my interest hard, especially in 2020 where Wi-Fi is readily available to everybody. I'm a direct to the consumer type of person anyway. Let me put my face to this, this network. Again, I don't fashion myself to be a businessman. I'm just somebody that wants to own everything he creates. And I don't think that's a crime. And let's just say I did want to become a businessman. The narrative around that shouldn't be, oh, look at you, you're a businessman now. So what? Yes, I am. Clap for me. Either clap for me or shut the fuck up. That's the only attitude we should have. That's why I loved LeVar Ball so much. I don't give a fuck about LeVar Ball, but y'all made me love him. For the fact that the first thing out of your mouth was to tell him what he couldn't do and what he wouldn't do. I don't give a fuck about LeVar Ball, bro. I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't say that to another brother, but I just don't, right? He's just another loudmouth in the barbershop, and it's just whatever, right? So he's just another one of us. That's how I look at him. But if he's trying to do something and I see it like about to actually work, he's getting a conversation started. At the very least, he's doing that. 
everybody wants to fucking pick him apart and just be weird about it. Like, yo, y'all niggas wore Jeremy Scott's with fucking wings. Like, where were you flying to? Where were you going, my nigga? You was wearing fucking sneakers with wings on them and thought y'all was the flyest niggas in the world. But let this black man come out with a sneaker with his three sons that he raised and everybody starts picking apart how he is as a father, how he is as a husband. Da, da, da. This is none of my business. If that's, that's their family, that's their business. The only thing I need to be concerned about is that this black man wanted to own something out the gate. So, salute to you, congratulations to you. That's why Master P is one of my role models. He was doing all of that in the 90s and all we did was make fun of him. Myself included at times because we would call his sneakers ugly, we would call his clothing line ugly, but you know what, it was his. His name was on it. His kids are eating off that for generations and generations. That whole family is good. That's the most gangster thing Master P ever did was take care of his entire family, right? And we should all aspire to do that. So when LeVar Ball goes ahead and tries to do something like that, or shut the fuck up. He went to the University of Houston on a basketball scholarship until he hurt his knee, moved to California, got a business degree, started a record store, and turned it into a record label. I kind of feel like Martin when he was on the Varnell Hill show. Like when he was standing there and everybody was like, yo, they're stealing your shit. Yo, they're stealing your shit. And like people would tell me that, I'm talking about for years I heard this. And I would just like, kind of like shun it off, you know, send a tweet talking shit about it a little bit and just like, keep it moving, don't care. But when I started seeing like my logo in the back of people's shit, like the triangle with the colors that my friends and I sat there for months upon months trying to figure out how to do a logo, we went through so many iterations of it. I'm like, nah, man, that's, that's the shit that pissed me off. And that's one of the reasons I'm sitting here now. It's like, all right, I'm going to let everybody know where they get all their funnies and all their ideas and all their talking points from. Um, and it's not to, like, demolish them or I'm going after everybody else. Like, nah, I'm not like that. It's just, you know what? The world isn't served by my silence, right? There are two people that I am going to come after, though. I'm not lying. Um, Michael Eric Dyson and I don't want to pronounce his brother's first name wrong, so I'm just going to call him Coates. They're the two, you know, black male authors that are like are seen on that like level. And me, you know, I want to be number one. So I'm, I'm on their I'm on their ass. I'm on their head. I'm on their ass, whatever you want to call it. I, I'm on them. But in an inspiring way, like I'm inspired by them. I, I want to reach that level. And I and I and I hate that. People make it seem like being competitive is like this terrible thing. Like, yo, yeah, the number one person in your sport, in your lane, that should always be your goal. You should always want to be number one or else what's the point? What are you doing for? You're doing it just to get your bag and go? I salute you if you're happy. But for me, like, that's just not enough. I want to be number one. I want to be the greatest of all time. But I'll tell you this, it won't happen by me becoming a character. I'm not gonna become nobody's clown or bozo. I'm not doing it. I'm not gonna become a shell of my former self yelling on somebody's screen just to make a point going after young dudes to try to keep my name alive because I couldn't make it as the thing that I swore I was supposed to be good at at one point. Like, nah, I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna do that by bullying little girls on camera and making them cry and then backing down when a grown man pull up on me. I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna become this clown. That's too much disgusting energy. But I'll tell you this, before I sell out, I get the hell out. That is funny. You, you are you, funny, you, man. You, okay, you're going to walk in the footsteps next, brother? Okay, damn. All right? 
Uh, are you writing my stuff down? I wouldn't do that, man. Okay, well, it seems that way you're jotting. <laughs>